There we go. Simply having. <laughs> Simply. Happy Soccer Mom Sunday on Christmas Eve. Which, if, if you're like in my house, there's a lot of um, colorful language being dropped because we're not done with stuff. Well, and if you're listening <laughs> to us at this point, it's because the noise and chaos is just overbearing. You're in the basement with headphones on, so yes. we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, exactly. We hope you enjoy this while you're last minute rapping. And rest assured, we've recorded this, but I'm doing the same thing. Or... I like to do, you know, like air traffic controller because George doesn't do shit when it comes to getting gifts. So I get the things and Why? then I tell him, here's here and wrap it. Well, let me ask you a very, very technical question. Yes. Have you ever heard of Amazon Prime? Yes. I, that's, okay. uh, that's how I did it. That's how I did it. But <laughs> it's like, you know, the thought that goes into it too. And then I said, I try to set a budget-ish because it looks really different. Like Harper 7. So... Hers don't cost as much, but then Marin, my 15-year-old, gives me her list. I'm like, um, I can afford two of those. What are you doing? So I'm looking at a budget, and she gets two. But and Harper has questions because she still believes in the magic and is like, why does Santa hate Har- my, I, my siblings? I still believe in the magic, and I, I wonder why imagine. Santa hates Kansas soccer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't not. You just no, can't. No, once an episode, got to get You are there. definitely on the it's naughty list for kind that. Of a, kind of a status quo <laughs> at this point. So, so yes, holiday time. And then, you know, for the, I'm thinking like the next Soccer Mom Sunday, it'll be, well, New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. And that could be a, that's a different listening experience depending yes. on where you are and what you're doing. Way more loaded. It's going to be great. Oh, with content with is con- what I meant to Loaded say. with content. Yeah. That's the way I, t- I took it. <laughs> I'm, I'm currently loading with content here at Mellow Mushroom Sunset Hills. I'm not going to tell you what time of day it is, but I do have a cider, and it's awesome. Well, the sun's been up for a while, so you're safe. It's been fine. It's fine. I already had a coffee on the day. It's all good. I mean, it's legal. It's legal in most states. I'm 50, so it's more than legal for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Holidays. What are holidays like in the Gansner Cease world? Is, Is it... You have four yes. siblings. How many siblings? How many kids? Yeah. So four. Yeah. So George is the oldest of four. I'm also the oldest of four. Um, and we have people that are out of town. Um, and, and his family, they, they, his dad has passed, so they'll see his mom, but on like different days, right? They don't do yeah. like a day. My sister hosts Christmas for our side and kind of brings in her in-laws and kind of, it's kind of like, come. If you want to eat, come at this time. And then, if there are presents to be had, honestly, it's a what, repeat of Thanksgiving. What's what's more Thanksgiving with presents at those parties? Is it the presents? Is it the food? Or is it the booze? Like, if you had to rank them, what's what? What do people look forward to the most? Ah, uh, well, if it's me, it's 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 uh, mimosas. So I we Cynthia and I do mimosas all day. And JJ, her her uh, husband, my one of my be- best friends, is very very actually too good. And making sure, do you know, like you have the, the, the never, the bottomless drink, like it never ends. You yes, have to be college. really careful. Because Penny if, pitchers. Yes. If he sees your glass, like halfway up it goes. And then but before you know it, you're like, I've only had two. It's like two 24 times. <laughs> so, so right. yeah, but the food is really good too. And mostly we like to make fun of our kids, you know, I share mean, that kids. Is the our kids are dumb stories. You know, our kid, what, uh, whose kid's dumber? Yeah. Kind of like who's had dumber moments, which is usually one of mine. Or stitches. Stitch count. Stitch. You have the annual stitch count. <laughs> stitch count. Who wins. And then who falls asleep first. Um, I get yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. What about you? Uh, so we we disappear. On the, we, um, <laughs> that's what I, happens on the Illinois side. Well, so <laughs> my, my, my side of the family is, is exponentially small at this point. So <clears throat> we don't have a lot of things to go and do. Uh, my wife's side, Kim, um, they always did it earlier. They Christmas Eve was always their day, so that Christmas Day go to both grandparents and the kids didn't have to give up their toys first thing in the morning to travel around all day. Yeah, I hate that part. So we just with with my parents gone, you know, and not really kind of an anchor on my side. We years ago decided that the the the, the big jolly guy would buy us plane tickets, all of us. Instead of piles of shit that they're going to return in two months. Oh, so, nice. 
So that's what we do. So this year, at the time of this release, we are somewhere up in the uh, Pacific Northwest, disappearing, and uh, that's what we do. Are you like so an Airbnb person, or yes, like yeah, totally. Like just um, get a secluded place, something you're all your own. Yeah, you we're gonna we're gonna bounce around a little bit this year. So like four days in the, in three different areas. Nice. Um, get out, you know. And then we do. Uh, there's five of us in the immediate. Uh, we we each draw a name on Christmas Eve, and everybody gets fifty bucks. Go find the gift and buy the that's wrapping. That's cool. And the I next day, that. that's yeah. uh, that's what we do. That's cool. I like that, and it's fun to. Um, so mine are still young. Like my oldest is seventeen, <clears> and and like he and my fifteen-year-old are starting right to change a little bit what they look forward to. The twelve-year-old's kind of the same. Seven-year-old's definitely like. The, yeah. the, the stuff we're used to, but I'm realizing as you say that, as they transition to older, there will be a transition probably that happens in how we celebrate it. Well, so my youngest is 10 and my oldest is 18. Um, oh, yes, yeah, so you've got that same gap. So we've been, we've been doing it for a year. So the first year we started doing it, the 10-year-old, and Beckett at that time was, eight, so, oh my God, six, seven. Mm -hmm. um, we ended up uh, uh, Harry Potter, Universal, yeah. right? Went down there. So they were like totally blown away, like, holy shit, this is Hogwarts. And we did all that stuff on Christmas Day, like literally. On the day. Came downstairs. Like we, we went all out the first year to like try and make it Christmassy, right? So 4.30, 4.30 wake up call on Christmas morning. Oof. The boys were all like, what the hell? Uh, and there was not a lot of packages. You know, they each got a soccer kit. And in their stocking was the plane ticket. So you, oh, so you so, left that day. Oh, yeah. Oh, so we were like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, but then the year since, you know, we typically rotate between urban entertainment to rural, tropical, whatever. So we've been all over the place. And that's cool. And moral of the story is this, like, Max was not old enough to know when we first started doing this. And a couple years back... We come back after the holiday to re-meet up and open up all the gifts from the extended family. And he was maybe six, seven or so. And we just came back from Costa Rica. And I remember just watching him as all the peers were opening. He just sat there watching them, wondering what they were going to get. He didn't care about his gifts. And I, I looked, I texted my wife from across the room. I'm like, it worked. You know, he doesn't care. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, awesome. and it's been one of those things like, as a family for us it's been extremely valuable because it's not stuff yeah it's yeah. really it's been great that, so. and I, I look forward to that too I still have stuff it's just it, the older they get the more expensive the stuff is so they yeah. have fewer stuff yeah no fewer I'm not I'm not saying stuff. we get a, I'm not saying that we make out ahead no I but I, living the soccer life realistically for sure when do you go on vacations right when is your time off well well so I won't have I won't listen to this out loud on d Christmas Eve with my kids because my two youngest ones will be surprised with a, oh, I'm going to sound like a Grinch. I, I, I don't want to do this gift, but we're going to do it. They're Disney. Uh, uh -oh. Shoot me now. Um, Liam has a trip at the end of January for the E64 League. So this ties into soccer, that E64 League. They're going to go play in Orlando. And George is not wrong. When, when, when your seven-year-old calls you out in a little essay, hmm, and tells her teacher that, unlike her siblings, and that's a direct quote, she has not been to Disney, nor has she touched the sands of a beach. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm surprised they didn't call DCFS. I'm, I'm serious. She, she, and then she came home proudly presented that to us. And I was like, oh, like gut punch. I forgot. Like, we kind of thought we were done with Liam. So we did the thing. And I didn't really ever want to do it again. And you should, so should have taken her to Holiday World. Shit. So, yeah. Indiana. She would know. Welcome that to girl, the indoor that beach. That girl would know. <laughs> and so we're going to do it. So they're going to get Marin, my older girl's going to help me. She's like, we'll print something on Canva. It's going to look great. And I'm like, thank God. But I, I even asked, I told George, I'm like, do I have to go? <laughs> you can go. Yeah. You like you like doing these. He's like, you got to go. I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I, who says that, though? I don't want to go to Disney. I do not want to go to Disney. I, I think it's one of those things uh. that God invented drugs, <laughs> and <laughs> there's ways. There's ways to cope. 
Yeah, happy holidays, everybody. We're Here is a segue to our next guest. We're promoting <laughs> Disney and drugs. <laughs> Those little gummy bears travel. Well, if I hadn't said it already before, because I got off track, we're recording here at Mellow Mushroom in Sunset yes. Hills, which means my kids are so happy because they're like, and you're going to order pizza? Lunch. I'm like, yes. And I'm going to also eat some pizza before I bring it home for all you little turds. Eat it all yeah. in a sitting and then fight over who has the number of pieces because that's how we do. There's four of them. And... I'm not really well, sure well, but who most eats pizzas more. are cut into even numbers. Yeah, they they and they lie. So see, I grew up with two brothers, so there's three of us, eight pieces of pizza. Yeah, when do, you do the math, did somebody you find loses. Rock paper scissors Hell or what? Yeah. Or no, just no, who no. eats I was the first. oldest. I mean, I let them like <laughs> Hunger Games their way to the extra. <laughs> Who's gonna fight for this piece of pepperoni? Right. You get one, and I licked it. <laughs> All right, so guest we, time. Take guest guest time. time. We welcome in Christy Jones Gable. Although, you know, it's funny, Christy, because oh, you, you always just say Gable. When you talk about your husband, you're like, and Gable did this. Like, you just go full on last name with Jim. Hi. That's usually easier. <laughs> yeah, it's usually when you're mad, you're like, or yeah. when you're telling me something stupid well, he did. It may have started when I was mad, and then it just stuck with Gable. You're like, and Gable did this. I'm like, yes. oh, Jim, Jim, Jim effed up. Yeah, yeah, it's just Gable. <laughs> Hi, Jim. How you doing? <laughs> so thanks for being on. And I, you know, I, I think we've talked about this before, JB, is like we have a wide variety of guests on the show, right? We, yes. We've had people who played at a much higher level than I even did or coached at different levels and crazy, you know, involvement in the game. And then we also have people who like on point netter, guilty as charged, are like, I don't know. Why would you want me on the show? Because like, you have a great perspective and a point of view. Kelly Nelson. When, when her podcast drops and Marcella, I love Marcella Balboa, and she's trending with the same numbers, I mean, it's because she's no, got she things that him. people want. She beat him. Won, <clears throat> Kelly Nelson. You won, Kelly. Sorry, Marcella. Um, Marcella's a great dude. But, like, there are, there are stories and perspectives that are not heard. And so I'm happy to have you on to have yours. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, it, we so, were just... Oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, let's get this out of the way. Drink oh. of choice on Christmas Eve. What do you... Do, oh. What do you... Uh, are you a Bailey's and coffee? Are you a mimosa? Are you just straight up bourbon? Or are we're you just like seltzer-esque? Well-rounded family. You we are start. Prosecco. <laughs> so start this woman prosecco. has more Prosecco in her. Like, she's always like, I got another one. I'm like, how many bottles do you have? Well, and Jen knows because she partakes with I, me. What? <clears throat> yeah. Me? But it's usually, it's usually wine. The boys do Manhattans. It's usually wine, Prosecco. And then we end the evening with... Coffee and Bailey's, a dessert of some sort with Bailey's. You, you end the evening with coffee? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yep. Seems Decaf like... Decaf with Bailey's, uh, because it's uh, more about the Bailey's like a than treat. it is the coffee. It's like a yeah. treat. Yeah. And then how many are around the table tree? So you it's your funny, I was listening to you guys chatting, because my family, like, my family is not from here. My mom and dad were both born and raised on the East Coast, so I have huge sets of, uh, you know, my mom's family is small, my dad's family is huge from the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Um, we got here when I was little, and um, so I have, I'm the youngest of seven, so we're a blended family, but we're not all here either. So I have a brother here and two sisters here, and then we just have, you know, um, out of all seven of us, there's only two of us on my side of the family that had kids. So, um, and my niece and nephew are officially now in New York on Broadway. So we are hoping, uh, I hope two of them will be here. Both of them will be here this, uh, this Christmas. So it's a smaller, it's a smaller group, but we were fortunate that Jim's family does Christmas Eve and we always did Christmas day. Yeah. So we don't do the running around. Like I yeah. hear a lot of, if I could go back do. in time, I would change that. I would somehow be like, you're not doing that. Just yeah. figure out. Yeah. Just, just pick just, a day. Just pick a day it's and, and do, and then just tell people next year, I'll catch you or change something. Cause that, yeah. that, that I hated that. I hated it's a lot. Like that. And like you were talking about before, when you've got kids in sports and you're running 24 seven, you know, you're exhausted. <laughs> no, you legit know as a friend. Like I, we're oh, friends, yeah. and I like when you say you've been out. I don't know what it's for. It could be soccer. Likely yeah. is. It could be holidays. Could be both. Sometimes people do both. Isn't that there? There's a over the Christmas holiday or New Year. There's a, always a tournament in Florida, I believe, uh, at Worldwide. Um, oh, I'm gonna get the name of the George went there to referee once. Yeah. Uh, but there's like over the holidays tournaments as well where people yeah. say. I'm going to do that rather than the traditional. 
they leave and, and, and do that stuff. So, so the, the, the kids then at this time, because they're all athletes as well, do, do you guys like cherish the off time or they like my, my, my middle one in particular, he gets so anxious when they're on break. Like he doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah. Uh, are they, do they can't wait for training to start? Are they playing indoor or are they cool with the downtime? Uh, my kids are, they're probably cool with the downtime, to be honest. Um, you know, Delaney is, will still do like the indoor, the holiday classic, things like that. <laughs> Better holiday yeah, classic. Yeah, the holiday classic. I still wish, do they still have the final on New Year's Day? Yes. Okay, which that needs, can we change husband, that? Can we just do it at like 3 o'clock or even 5 o'clock on the night? Because then it makes you not want to win. Well, and I mean, I'd want to win. It's Gable's birthday that day too. Yeah, and it's so. and it's Jim's birthday. We have which a lot going on. There's a hair. There's a, it's called Hair of the Dog Birthday with oh. Jim Gable. <laughs> Probably well, your, hus- your husband. Sports knows that. Pub Oakville, which we have recorded at, uh, yeah. usually is the place where where people are like, ah, oh, let's just continue from last night. We'll feel better by two o'clock. <laughs> yeah. But Logan, Logan really likes. He appreciates the downtime. He's my kid who can keep going and going and going, but when you give him the downtime, he values the downtime. Okay, so let's go back because um, so holiday talk is fun, but this is Soccer Mom Sunday at Mellow Mushroom Sunset Hills, and this episode will be on Christmas Eve, like we talked about, with people doing whatever they do to get ready for the next day, in I'm sure various stages of the day. But I know, you and I know each other from our, our kids, yeah. right? So our, yeah. our boys, are the oldest boys are the same age. They went to school together, they played soccer together, and then our daughters, who are 15 now, know each other, played together. I've had the privilege to coach them, um, even worked with Dee on some of the mindset portion. But you and yourself as an athlete in your own right, not only, so we'll get to the swimming part in just a bit, but there's some soccer you need to share because you obviously know the game. You know, yeah. you know the game in general. You know what it is like to play. And you've got a um, slow boat catchatory story that you need to tell. They remind oh me of this God, story so and how you were playing and, and how this <coughs> even occurred. Well, so <laughs> I actually started playing soccer to give myself a break from the pool. From and, the swimming, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I had, I mean, I was swimming six days a week, three of those days, two times a day. I mean, I, I was always in the pool. So I was getting burnout. You know, my mom was like, okay, what do you want to do? Because my sisters will tell you they knew the days that I didn't swim because I was the kid that had so much energy. I had to be doing something. So I started playing soccer. Um, and actually... If I was in a position where I had gotten involved with soccer before swimming, I probably would have stayed with soccer. I love the team camaraderie. I love the sport. Um, but I did it more for, you know, for fun and staying busy. But we had a tournament because back then, you know, the steamers, it was the big thing. And um, we had, there was a tournament and we were able to do like an exhibition game before, um, before the steamers played in the arena um oh my god and i want to say I, I'm, I'm trying to remember how old i was i was probably middle school okay. i guess um and you know i'm pretty competitive no so no not at all and i was a, i was a left winger and i had a really really nice shot before this game um <laughs> and i ended up uh coming into the corner was you know, on their end. The corner and of the boards. Yes. <laughs> and of course. The deadly corner the in deadly indoor. corner of the boards. <laughs> and popped the ball off the boards and went to, and <clears throat> caught up with their defender and came, was trying to get around her. And of course, my whole body went one way and my foot stayed the other because she was on my foot. And so when I turned, I heard like three or four pops. And I was like, oh, this is not good. And ended up falling and thought, okay, I can get up and then tried to get on it. And there was no way. So I, I had actually broken my foot before and didn't, I knew it, but didn't do anything about it. Of course, that's my brother and a whole nother conversation. But, um, (laughs) so I had rebroken it and I had, uh, ultimately three or four hairline fractures and broke two toes all at the same time. Oh my God. So it was 
brutal. Well, I mean, I wanted the ball, so you got to you got to go all out at the yeah, uh, checker day. Right. Well, and then of course, uh, now they've got the trainers coming out. I'm sure my mom was like, my mom was pretty used to me getting injured, um, but I'm, you know they got to find my parents. Their their trainers, schemers trainers, are taking me off the field, and you know I disappear underneath. <laughs> The field, you know, into the tunnels, and my they gotta find my mom and dad. My mom going to locker room. Yeah, they gotta find my mom and dad. You know, that was a whole big thing. And um, when I got into when they met my parents at the in the trainer's room, of course they're wanting them to sign all the medical liability and all that. And she, my first, I know my mom's first thought was, oh my god, is she okay? And then she took a peek into the training facility, and she was like, oh Jesus, she's fine. So. I was with Slobo and Jeff Ketchatori. Who were checking on you. They were checking on me and, of course, the they rest were, of my they team. Were, they were pulling the bush beers out of the trash can yes, of ice. Yes, yes. So you could put your leg yes. in. Yes. <laughs> and, of course, the rest of my team had to come in and check yeah, on me. Yeah, they needed to be there for yeah. their teammate. Yeah. And so, you know, my brother always used to give me so much trouble because he used to call Jeff Ketchatori chicken. He's like, oh, you meant chicken? And I'm like... <laughs> You know, all the time. Because I was little. I'm sure Jeff Ketchatori never heard that joke. Of course. But, I mean, I was in heaven. I thought breaking my foot was the best thing ever. Because that was the highlight of the game. So, well, yeah. Speaking of competition, but you mentioned you're, you broke it before. I I did. And you have a brother? I do. God, I love my brother. Um, yeah, I super i i've always been competitive but i am really competitive with him like i hate losing <laughs> anything to my brother but Who, yeah who's the older he is he's the older by yeah. by how much three years got it so he you know, we were just throwing he wanted me to throw uh <laughs> the ball back and forth with him on the side of the house so you know we were throwing catch i was catching him and baseball because he played and he was a really really good baseball player um, but I didn't have any shoes on, and he kept throwing grounders at me. I'm like, knock it off. And he's like, all right, we're done. My mom, of course, starts hearing us. Right. She's, she's like, like, okay, stop. you guys are done. You guys are done. You're done. So I throw one more at him. And of course he's, Of course, and he's pissed. So he throws one more at me, and it hit one of our landscape rocks and came <laughs> flying up onto my foot and hit me in the side of the foot, and it cracked my... <laughs> and he's and the, he's the doctor mom, now? He, yeah, he's <laughs> an ER doctor <laughs> Of course, yeah. Foreshadowing. We call that foreshadowing. Yeah, there's been a few times he's seen me come in there too. So you know, it's a family tradition. (laughs) So, so the competitiveness, uh, Jen mentioned it earlier. Your athletic primary focus as a as a child and up into teen and beyond was swimming. Yes. Um, And my my question to you is. Um, because, you know, we're going to get into your kids here in a second and, and their path and playing soccer and their f- focus and levels, et cetera. Um, but you mentioned playing soccer after being a swimmer primarily, and, you know, you thought you might have gone the other way if that would have been the case. But speak to the mental side of swimming, of individual sports, and swimming in particular because you're underwater. You don't hear a lot. It's very you're in your own bubble um what was that like having competed at a, at a high level you know and, and then comparing and contrasting that to a team sport where communication is critical uh versus in essence a nearly silent sport it is a nearly silent sport and you know the swimmer is out there i i, I mean i was really swimming came natural for me so um and i've been in it since i was three um but it was a lot of burnout too, because the mental part of that is um, can take a toll, especially when there's you don't have a team effort. It's you, and that's it. Um, so I, I mean, I feel like it shaped me a lot to handle adversity, to be able to um, not always negative and sabotage talk yourself, because if you do that, you're not going to get anywhere anyway. But um, you know, as relating to my kids. I put them in swim lessons just because, you know, I'm a firm believer you need to you need to be comfortable enough with the water to respect the water and understand how your body handles in water. But I never wanted to put them in unless they loved it. I never wanted to put them in that sport because it is it's tough. Um, I the highlight of my seasons were probably when I did get into high school because it's more of a team sport when you get into high school. 
but literally the majority of my growing up, we were, I was swimming in meets 42 weekends out of the year. I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot. I I don't regret it, but. And swim meets are long. They're very long. Uh, Because my kids just did it, like, just for the club. They're very long. Because we were like, you're getting out of bed which was a really stupid move because they're young and I had to also then get out of bed. That was dumb. I'm not doing that again. It was great for their fitness and I love, they had fun with it. But then like I was at my first meet and I was like, this is bullshit. Like at least with a game, I know when it's over. I never knew when this Uh meet was going to end. And they're the, the, I will say the tried and true swim parents, they were so great because I did all the, I didn't know how to write the stupid heats on their arm and I didn't know how to do any of that, how they know where they're supposed to be. My kids came and some nice parent would take out their permanent marker and, and show them what to do. But I was just like three and a half, four hours later, I'm like, what, what are we doing? Oh yeah. It's, it's a, it's a lot. And it's, and it's, you know, other than relays, it's all you, it's you and the time and that's it. And it's, you know, you got to be, you got to be okay with yourself for how often you do it. And you don't hear not... your coach, right? Like if you're, yeah, I'm you thinking do, you of, can. can you hear him? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you can figure out the coaches, you hear the whistling, you hear mm-hmm. like they're in tune with when you're breathing, uh-huh. when you're not breathing. Um, you know, like I, you can hear it. I, I could hear my coach from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> he also made you swim with a hockey puck on your head. Yes, you told he me. did. <laughs> yes, he did. My mom read almost half a book waiting for me to get done with what. He and that was after you had done the meet, right? You had done a that meet was after two hours of practice. You, you, oh, two hours. I thought you yeah. smashed somebody at a meet maybe recently, no, but you did was, not have good form. What was that story? Yeah. So I was a backstroker, and I was getting pompous and lazy in his. <laughs> In his eyes, so um, he, you know, you want your head to stay straight, you want your body to be like a turntable, like a swivel, and I was moving my head too much, and that's a tenth of a second for every single time you're moving your head, and he's like, we're going to break the habit because you're getting into the habit and you're not listening, so, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, I got it, you know, so I figured, okay, squeaked through that practice, and (laughs) nope, out came the hockey puck, and he's like, you're going to do 200 yards with that hockey puck, and you're not going to lose it. And that was at Kennedy Rec Center, where now, I mean, we swam from like 6 to 8, 6.30 to 8.30 in the morning. They would open probably by, I think, by 10.30 or 11. And just to give you an idea, I was still swimming when they were opening to the public. So he told my mom, he told my mom, did you bring a book or something? She's like, yeah. And he goes, keep reading. (laughs) We say soccer parents are hardcore. Who knew? Go juggle. (laughs) So you hit a thousand. Um, so, introduce us to your kids. You have you have two. Yes. Um, boy and a girl. Uh-huh. Uh, give us a little bit of the the bio, the the uh, game card, uh, yeah. age grade, team. Um, so we can kind of set the table a little bit. Yeah. So Logan is a senior at Viani. And um, he is 17. He'll be 18 in March. Been playing since first grade. He is. Uh, he plays for Mike Williams right he now. He is at eight Luke foot Hughes. tall. He is. <laughs> he's officially, I think, six foot four. He may have gotten taller. I don't oh know. Oh my god. Yeah, he just seems to be getting bigger, and I, I don't know. It's just weird. He's turning into a man, which is scary. <laughs> Very scary. Um, and then Delaney is a freshman. She's 15. She's a freshman in high school. She's at Oakville. Um, gave her the option to go private, and she made her choice on what she thought she was going to be you know, most comfortable for her. So I was really proud of her to be able to make the decisions and, and be good with that. And uh, so she's also been playing, started at Oakville United um, with George, Scott, and Jen. And uh, she's at WC now. Okay, cool. Yeah, and so she... Logan's come off his senior year. Yeah. Um, so he's at Viani, and I know that, you know, soccer in your household, I, I have to remind myself that you were a swimmer because I um, automatically tune in to the fact that you also played soccer. And then I forget you tell your swimming stories. I'm like, oh my God, right. Because your husband, Jim, also played soccer. He was yep. a goalkeeper. What, what he likes to call a kamikaze goalkeeper, a little yep. bit, a little bit cray cray, um, kind of a deal. And really invest into that part of the game, know the game, right? Like, you know the things when the kids are, are are not not only do you know your children mm-hmm. but you know the game you know if 
none of your kids are going to get by with coming off and telling you a load of BS because you're like, that's not how that was right, supposed right. to go. You know, you know that part of a deal. But that, you know, being from their, their path from, which is pretty common, at least in St. Louis, a path from CYC. And then you get to us oh, kids. You know, these are you're kind of sometimes you get beyond that competition there. You go club in a way and then you go a little bit further there. And now they face going to high school. Um, it was a part of Logan's journey, I know, to to play in high school, and I know that that was really important at, at Vianney for you guys to have and for him to play in that part of that group and be a part of that community playing in high school soccer. Yeah, it's been a great experience for him. So he's been playing for Coach Haddock uh, since his sophomore year. He and Jack Madden both played uh, their sophomore year, and I have to say we've watched those boys um, you know, they played against each other. We have uh, at, um, at Viani, the senior class, there are some St. Catherine and St. Margaret Marys. Oh, those no. Those were die hard city county. Yeah, Queen, yeah. St. Catherine, and SMMA were just like, <sighs> So glad we're on the same side right now than the opposite We're going to start this game with a prayer. Right. We're going to end it with a prayer for what we just did. And a lot of <laughs> prayers in between. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, it, it's been a great a really great experience, uh, especially coming out of COVID because freshman year. Oh, what played, a mess that was. Yeah, he played uh, He played for the sophomore team at Vianney and uh, for Coach Weber, and they probably got maybe 10, maybe 10, 11 games in. Um, but it was a godsend because it, it, it gave him a transition and, and a love and getting more engaged with school when they couldn't do as much. So, But watching them senior year, it was uh, four, we had 14 seniors and just watching them as leaders and the way they gelled with their team, with the juniors. Um, we had some sophomores on the team as well. And uh, just to watch him become just a natural leader on the pitch was pretty cool. We, we talk we talk all the time on, uh, well, this show as well as Soccer Dad Pod about the, the ongoing permanent debate it feels like between club and high school and academy and exclusivity etc cetera, etc cetera. and kind of I, w- I want to get your take on this because I was thinking about this in the last conversation I had with this with another individual and they, they kind of pointed out like for us us being high school because they came from the high school camp uh, what we really need to focus on what we are focusing on at their particular program was really culture, experience, and he stated outright, our role in the pathway process has been diminished to the point where we're allowing the child and the family to drive that car a little bit, Mm. and then if they want our help, we will, because they feel like it's, they can't battle with the clubs and the academies and GA, et cetera. And, and at first I was like, oh, that seems like a little bit of a cop-out. But then the more I thought about it, it's like, why can't a program lean into, we just want this to be a great experience. We will be competitive. You're coming in. You all play at club and Fuse and Gallagher or whatever. But let's not make this something it's not. We're going to sell this experience. Through your child's path, do you feel like you guys balance those two things his own where he wanted to go did he want to play college ball and was the experience uh put on the pedestal equally both at the school for him individually and for you guys as parents so are you referring to um making the high school experience just being a great high school experience without taking all the other stuff into consideration. Well, the expectation right now, the debate is, okay, well, if you play high school, then you don't have as good of a chance to go to college. And if you play club, well, then you're not going to get the experience, right? That, the that's, high school experience, That's right? the fundamental argument yeah. between the two. And I, I just think that, you know, the high schools have such a tremendous opportunity to really lean into that culture side of it. Sure. How did you guys manage that, you know, as he became more competitive and maybe started considering what's next after high school? Where did you guys land on that on that front? Well, I will tell you, you know, um, a lot of those conversations obviously started home before they started school. Correct. Um, and it, 
but we've always had the open door that they have uh, has been expressed to the boys at school that if you want that help, let us know because the coaches will help navigate and help you um, navigate through that. But you know, just going back to the the basic of the experience of what it's like to play with your friends and that connection that um, you get playing high school anything. Right. Um, there is a lot, St. Louis is unique. There, there is a lot of pressure. There's a lot of, you know, the stereotype of where you go to school and who you play for and, you know, the stats everywhere and who's getting the accolades and who isn't. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of really good talent in this town. Um, but for me personally and for our household, realistically, we had to look at for Logan, what he wanted to do and if he what what's going to happen after college like if you pursue this for college then what's next after that and whether or not he had the drive whether or not he that was something he really really wanted to do and what we realized was he wants to experience the moments he's in right now right um and because if you keep talking about the rest of it they're forgetting and they're not getting the experience of what it's like and watching Watching this particular squad that he had at Viani was just special. They had a blast. The, the kids were at our house an awful lot through the season. So just watching the relationships and watching, you know, those are lifelong friends. And most of oh, those yeah. guys are never going to be on a pitch together as a team ever again. So for us, it was more important about cherishing those times because they're going to grow up and have all those pressures um, and we kind of let him organically figure out what he wanted to do. I think right now it's the reality because we're still playing club. So we popped right out of high school season into club season. I think he had three or four days off before he was back on the, <laughs> back on the field. Um, and so Mike is kind of giving them a little bit of a break right now after we just got back this weekend. But, you know, we had a long conversation with that too, saying, listen, you know, you've never not had soccer. Um, so I think you can put a lot more pressure on these kids, but you know, a high school experience when it's done the right way, um, creates so much more for them moving forward it's, than just the sport. It's life lessons. 100%. You know, and I think I, I, I like I said, I was having the conversation the other day, it was just kind of like, not an aha moment, but like, let's just give it more value. The, the life lessons. 100%. Look, if you go, you play D2, D1, you play academy, whatever, and you, you move up, or even if you play high school and you get scouted and you get a scholarship, it, you, you, you have two, three, four years of maybe playing. You're probably going to be on the bench year one, right? Probably year two. You know, So you're looking at a short period of time, but that camaraderie, that's kind of an infinite lesson. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm just soapbox time. <laughs> yeah, no, and, you know? it, and it it um it it is. It's a common theme, and it doesn't matter who you talk to, whether you're talking to a club coach, and and you say, you know, it, if it's a particular level team and they've got a particular goal in mind, mm-hmm. that when when the kids step away to play high school, even if they're at the best high school program, they 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 can lose some team synergy that that can look like. But then high school coaches, we've had Sarah Gunther on, who I know Dee will Delaney yeah. will try out for. She's awesome. And, you know, she had a really good perspective on it, too. It's like, I've got this really finite period of time, unlike a club who kind of has them anymore year long, year round, right, right? right? I've got this finite period of time to to help these these young ladies put something together that we're all proud of and come together. And, I, you know, got to have a lot of respect for that, that, that I, to your point, JB, I think there's there's a way everybody's really in their silos still at this point you know and and sees their own point of view very strongly but if we can kind of look over i I wonder if these kind of programs could figure out how to work a little bit better together to make sure that in the end of the day there is an athlete who you know we we can go to bed thinking what we want but they've got to figure out decisions and be supported whichever way they decide to go in their game yeah i mean i you know I listen to my brother. My brother's still, he is still super close with high school friends. And we still, we still talk about 
events and activities and meets and you know he played water polo and watching a lot of those matches and you, and you know, guys were just water drawn yeah, huh we were water drawn <laughs> um and he you know I, and i have to say my brother was an amazing baseball player but the minute he got into he was amazing but the politics that came with the sport kept him from playing in high school um and when i look at where Logan is from the time he got into high school to the friendships, all from playing soccer in high school. Yep. Um, it's incredible. I mean, and we love these. We love these boys. They're they're great kids. And if had he not had the high school experience playing in high school, he wouldn't have those friendships. So I think it's an important. You got to let them be kids and let them kind of figure out their environment. So. He's a senior. Uh, I know you guys are in the college yeah. uh, scouting process. Mm-hmm. Um, is soccer in his future at the next level, uh, at a uh, scholarship level, at a club level, or do you, do you are are you a little fearful that oh my god this might be coming to an end for yourself as well? Oh, totally. Um, where where are you guys in the process? Well, selfishly, we'd love to watch him play until you know. We're dead (laughs) Um, because it's just been such a a huge, integral part of the family watching them. I mean, the joy that we get from from watching him on the pitch is pretty cool. But um, but, you know, we also had to listen to him. And so uh, when it came to the college process, when you start looking at the type of money that um, and scholarship opportunities that these boys will have for this sport, which for me in particular is pretty unfortunate, what they can't, what's not always available to them, um, you know, it was really to try to find a place to play. Logan is, Logan loves the sport, but he loves the team that he is with within the sport. So to try to manipulate and maneuver playing in college and may end up at a university that would have never been in his radar simply because of soccer just wasn't appealing for him. So we're taking the education route and wanting to really look at avenues that that he's going to be happy with and with the intention that there are some great club teams with those universities so that you kind of get the best of both worlds and and it doesn't become a job. So is that hard to find? Is that is that um, surprise, surprisingly, there's a lot of opportunities for um, for them to still play, but some better than others. So yeah, you know, yeah, we'll see. The, just the general popularity of the game is so much larger than what's Absolutely. case in point. Keller, my oldest freshman down at Belmont in Nashville, you know he played he played uh, club, played a little high school, um, loves the game. I mean, he's a. I think he would be a brilliant coach. In fact, he trains with with uh, Kenny Godat and over at Gallagher when he's home in the off season. He went down to Belmont. Belmont is a D1 school, but within two three weeks, he was part of a futsal club. You know, and it's like it's everywhere right now, and especially like kids from St. Louis in particular, mm-hmm. because I mean. They all play. Oh, yeah. So these options are, it's really cool because it's, you get to kind of keep your finger in the mix and. uh, Well, and these kids, they know everybody everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, social media, I guess maybe that's the good thing for them. They know everybody everywhere. So he's already talking, you know, certain universities he's looking at, he already knows people that play on their club teams and they're loving it. So. He is he from, his, from his travel, like from his travel play, oh my gosh. or how, how? From, from travel. Um, some of the seniors that he played with at Biani when he was a sophomore. Oh, okay. Um, other people, you know, I mean, we don't play a single team in high school that Logan doesn't know the entire team, and all the boys <laughs> are the same way. Yeah. Um, and th- I think that's kind of the nice thing. You know be- how to get under their skin when you know them. <laughs> oh, truth. But that's the great thing about boys is that they leave all that on the field. Oh, yeah. Girls on. The other hand, that's a totally different. And we'll take this in the next day. Yeah. So, um, so he's got great friends from you know all of the schools. So, we were talking like we just went and did a college visit on Monday, and he's like, "Oh yeah, well, so and so and so and so are thinking about coming here." And I'm like, "How do you know that?" What and I don't even world. ask the question anymore because you know he knows he. <laughs> stupid. I'm so old, obviously. She ends the senses with he's stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So then you you have a freshman daughter who who also plays, uh-huh. um, and you guys walked her 
to the cliff and she chose public over she private. Did. Um, talk a little bit about that process. You know, was, was sport uh, at the forefront? Was it in the middle? Was it in the back? Was it academics? Was it friends? Because this is, this is a debate that so many families go through so often, especially when there's athletics involved, uh-huh. because that drives a lot of the decisions to go private for a lot of households. Uh-huh. What did it look like in your household? That was a tough one for Delaney to be honest. Yeah, to be <laughs> honest, because she knows uh, the school that she was choosing that she got accepted into, she knows rather well because half that soccer team is at my house all the time. And the other part of that is the coaches are Logan's coaches yeah. from um, from high school. So she knew she knows what she's getting. And that was really, really tough. I think that was the hardest part for her was letting go of not playing um, private. But for her, she's in honors classes where she is. She's got some set friends, one of them being my niece, who's the same age. And it was more, and as far as soccer, a little fearful of the unknown because Coach Guns to a freshman is intimidating. Um, I'm you know, scared of her. Yeah, you and do. she, well, Delaney's like, oh my God, I know I'm going to have to run a lot. She's with got her. it. She's yeah. got it. And yeah. eat rice cakes. Yeah. <laughs> so she, <laughs> don't be eating a bag of chips for uh, your game, no. Dean. Uh-huh. Oh, she's in, she's in for a rude awakening. So maybe she, I don't know if she made the right choice or not, but we'll see. Um, but that was really, for her, it was more about, she need, she wanted to be comfortable. She felt she can get out of her comfort zone, but she just in her gut felt that doing going public in the overall of what she was looking for in her experience was better for her. That she didn't feel that she needed the private school experience. And she I mean, she sat down and wrote out her pros and cons. And soccer had a, was the toughest part because she She's got a girlfriend, Ava, um, over at Narex that she would die to be back on a field with. But it just didn't make sense for her, and we supported her. And that's hard, too. To like, like I remember you guys going through the process. I yeah. remember having a call with her once just to be a different person that wasn't mom, wasn't dad. Yeah. We chatted through and made sure, you know, was there anything else? And she was super... I think it's a reflection on you and Jim. She was super able to iterate, like this is this, this is this, and this is what I'm struggling with, and, and talk through those things, and at the end of the day, know, know that the, the, the decision to go one or the other isn't the end of the world. Like, you can, you yeah, can change. Absolutely. Um, but that she was very strong, and I thought that was really awesome that she, she knew herself. She Dee knows herself. She does. Because you want to be, you, you've been sure as parents that this strong young lady, I know because I've coached her, um, is knows herself, and then, you know, you you everything has every choice has a cost and a benefit right and yeah. and d was very aware of what those were and it was just a matter of finally making that choice and i remember texting her afterwards and saying you know how do you it's like a week after she had done it she's like i think i'm good like you know she'd made her choice to yeah. go to, to open high school and and there was a few things she, she knew straight on she would miss but she's like but i think i'm good and that yeah. must feel great as a parent to be to have them at a point because one day they're going to have to do all those things themselves. I mean, they may call home, but you know, you know, and to, to raise somebody who's only 15 who's making what for her anyway is a really probably the biggest decision she's making on the day for her. Yeah. And you know, her Logan really had a lot of influence for her because she sees what a great experience he's had and the friends he's coming out with because they're like, she's gained all these older brothers now through his friends Um, But she just didn't know if she was guaranteed to have the same experience um, going private. Yeah. And, you know, and I told her, she's like, and, you know, her biggest thing was, Mom, girls are not the same. And I'm like, no, they're not. But at the end of the day, you are. You you are the same. So you're going to be fine with whatever you decide. But you you don't change who you are to fit into another situation. If your gut is telling you that this is where you need to go, we support you 100%. And if halfway through, it's not where you want to go, we support you 100%. So it's a win-win situation. Um, But, you know, she 
that was probably the hardest was she saw the experiences that Logan's going through, just not quite being guaranteed that that would be the same thing that she, that she would get. And of course, you know, she knows she knows how great of a soccer program that um, the high school she was going to go to is has, but she also kind of likes the fact that Coach Guns is a woman, and yep. that's who she got that from somewhere, Jen. I don't know. Well, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. I mean, Somebody who made her run a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> for for you as a competitive athlete yourself, and as a you know strong mom, strong woman, when you do look at Delaney's path and going to Oakville, knowing Coach Guns, you know, kind of in the environment we're in, where you know the 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 gender equity within sport mm-hmm. is front and center. Oh yeah. Did, did was that clicking in the back of your head when you you saw her going through the checklist and you saw, you know, coach guns over there did, did that ever resonate with you from a uh, from a gender perspective? Well, listen. I being a swimmer, I've been really far removed from the pool, but I still watch everything that goes on in women's sports. So, um, for me, I want her to be strong in her decision-making, but I also want her to know that as long as you fit the coaching style and you fit what you think works for you, that's your choice. So, um, and, you know, quite frankly, there aren't, there aren't enough women coaching. And she's already taking, she's already doing some workouts and stuff with, with the um, coaching staff. And they're kicking her ass. <laughs> I mean, and they don't care. And <laughs> and they are in her face. And I freaking love it because that's what happened to me. So female coaches or like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're not, we're not any like, nicer. <laughs> oh, no. She came home and she was like, I had to do deadlifts. Have you ever done those? I was like, sister, you need to catch up. <laughs> we, <laughs> We've done a few things. You should have seen your dad on his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to the point, um, there are times Marin's been coached by Bree McCarthy. Um, and the, I have a picture of her somewhere. It's on my phone of her crawling up the stairs after a workout with Bree. Right. Oh, yeah. like, like if you ever thought for a second, you're going to get off easy because you have a woman coach, you are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think she's getting a good, I think Delaney is getting a really good experience and getting, um, and is going to have a really good perspective either way because she's her, uh, Dave Stover is her coach for club and God love Dave for what he deals with, with those girls. I mean, I know some of the stuff that he hears from them all the time and it just goes in one ear and out the other. I don't know how he does it, but, (laughs) um, but she has a perspective from him. And then she's going to have a perspective from Coach Guns, and I think that's that just makes her a, a more rounded athlete. Whereas, you know, Logan's different. I don't know that he would. It would be the same. You know, it would be the same for him. So I, yeah, I, I like the fact, to be honest, that she's going to be working with female coaches, and you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, you've talked a little bit before. We we have talked a little bit before about being on the sidelines right and so so it's a hard place to be I mean I remember for the longest time I don't know I feel like I've been coaching my kids since they were little that I was on the one sideline one way or shape or form either assisting or being a head coach and so you're on the one side and you kind of feel like you don't always know what's going on on that parent sideline then you hear stuff and you're like oh geez I didn't even know that was happening um I'm thinking of a particular incident at Sportport if you recall yeah, go ahead and laugh because <laughs> I did not know what you guys, you parent sidelines were doing. I had zero idea that was happening. Um, but being on the parent sideline, you know, it is a, it's a, it's a hard place to be. It can be a hard place to be. It's a place of beauty when you watch, but also it can be crushing when things are going on. You one, you don't know the plan, you don't know what's going on. You can see struggle and. You know, I think that there isn't a Mother's Day for sure and your birthday that doesn't go by without Jim posting a picture, from, usually from right behind you yeah. of you watching one of your kids or both of them maybe on the day play. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you've sat on, like you said, the games have been part of you. You've been on many sidelines watching them play in car rides home, in car rides to the day after when maybe it doesn't go right. Um, wisdom. From, from that or what that's maybe taught you that because you played as well but when you sit as a parent it's a different experience it is a different experience but it's also a different time so you know when they're little 
they're, you know, they're listening to their coach, sometimes not quite understanding what their coach is wanting from them. So it's a different conversation, you know, when they're coming to make sure they're actually understanding what they're supposed to be doing on the field. Um, but what I'm noticing more now, because they are older, is the conversation that we have when we are in a car together or when we, um, you know, when we're talking, when we get home and we're in our safe space at home is how much they hear the parents. Oh my God. And it's, it's almost, it's almost sad. Like I literally had two, I literally had two of uh, Logan's friends when we played a certain team during high school and the parents were loud. And one parent in particular, which I didn't know until after we got home, started heckling my kid because he knows them. See, that's what I don't like. I don't and mind I when it's general. Right. Right. I don't like when it gets personal. Right. And I didn't I didn't hear it because I wasn't over there. Um, but I looked at him and he could see like my neck was getting red because, I mean, it was that emotional like, son of a. But he even said, he goes, Mom, listen, we all know what happens. They tailgate before they get here. And they look like jackasses on the fence line. It, yeah. I don't care, but that's what they—that's what they deal with. So now I'm like, okay, and he's well, seventeen, maybe, right? But now I'm like, and then of course you know Delaney gets in the car and she's like, oh my god, did <laughs> she you wanted to hear? Claw their eyes she would have walked off the field and been hear? like, listen here. <laughs> oh no, she, did you hear that, mom? Oh my god, if you ever did that, you know it's that kind of thing. <laughs> But that's I the can point, is that it's not just what's happening on the field. It's watching how they are reacting to the whole how, environment. Yeah. How much of the how much responsibility is should be borne on uh, parents, just like ourselves, right? We get on a team, uh, you know, 18 kids. You've got 36 adults mm-hmm. that, that are there to watch, what, you know, in a perfect world. Um, when your peer parent, not the opposing team, because that's a whole different thing. You know, when oh, you talk yeah. about another parent chirping at your kid or laughing at a play or claiming, oh, throw them out, red card, whatever. Yeah. You know, that's, I ignore that. I find that funny. What bugs me more, and I'm wondering what the two of you think, and, and, and if you think we should do more, when, when the call comes from within the house, uh, rough game, a peer chirp starts chirping at the ref is it our responsibility at this point given how crazy sidelines are should we tap the shoulder and be like hey take it down a notch you know how do you handle that because i don't here's how i handle it i walk away like i go to a far corner usually at the beginning of the game and stay there through the end of the game Mm -hmm. what's what's your thoughts on that Mm -hmm. because it's getting worse it is so i i'll go first real quick i'm afraid i'm gonna forget I absolutely, and I don't know how to do it, but um, just knowing the mindsets training that I do is largely with the team. Um, I now have had a few sessions where maybe coaches have used that time to take the time off and they're not at the mindset training. I'm like, no, that's not allowed. You have to be a part of how we're setting this up. Culture. I think parents absolutely have to be a part of that culture, right? We've, we've been, Christy, you and I both have been on sidelines that are amazing and we've been on sidelines where we're like, oh, geez, what is happening? I'm, right. I don't, like, you want to walk away, JB, like you said. I, I, I have made a promise to myself that if it's, if it's general for me, if it's general chirping, like we're just generally not like on whatever, like that's, I don't care. But when it, when it is personal and I've, I've experienced this before, and this was a few years ago, a different sideline, but a a parent, um, being upset that a, a player on the other team was roughing up his daughter and, you know, pointing at who is probably was at the time 13 years old and and telling her she's nasty player and she's a bull and I'm like she is 13 you are a grown man and I I regret the fact that I said I sat and kind of like you said removed myself I wish I would have gone over and been like greatest guy by the way on the earth at that moment was not his greatest moment would have tapped him and said that's not acceptable here yeah this is this is we have to own that part of who we want to be i I think think. we need to self-regulate better like within our own camps you know our our, our friend parents that for example how many times and i guarantee you know exactly what i'm talking about you're sitting on your half of the field right and oh, don't come over on my half to watch your kid play in the end zone. Well, no, no, no I'm, 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 <laughs> I hit again, you because I'm like, we just had that. <laughs> you know where, you know, your goalie's to your left and at the far end of the field, you're trying to score on the far end of the field. Right. right. 
how irritated do you get whenever your own boys or your own girls running down ref calls and offsides? Now, we're at a 45 degree angle. How can we I possibly? Saw it yeah, oh, there's no way they're offside. Like it's that stuff. Like, or parents move. We're not even cognizant of. The, the absurdity of the complaint. Yeah, or in parents move in Slisa, at least there was a rule in Slisa that you, you have, have to be, to be, on be your across own side. from your own team, right? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be sitting. It's not like a stadium mm-hmm. where you go. You're supposed to be sitting across from your own team. And I don't mind. Like I get it. Some parents come down and they want to see their kid. I, I, grandparents come down, but then shut up. You're not even in your end. So shh, shh. You don't be in my end, my yeah. team's end, and with amongst our parents, and then start talking about the fact that you know my kid's a dipshit. He might be, but go in your own end and talk about that. Well, the majority <laughs> of the parents that are are making the calls better than the referees are the <laughs> are the majority of the ones that don't know anything about the sport. Oh it's God. and it turns into like this gang mentality sometimes. And we're I wish we're you could guilty. see JB's face right now is just like glossed over. Like I just God, like God. I, I mean, it just, it, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't stand it. I'm going to ask you another pet peeve question. Cause I, I don't know. I'm in a little pet peeve mood right now. Um, you're, you're at the complex. Tis the season. Tis the season. It's Merry <laughs> Christmas, everybody. Shut the hell up. Okay, end this um, with the Grinch, because we're going to have to end it with yeah. the Grinch. <laughs> um, game before you ends. Everybody's in their folder, rockers, you know, the $7,000 fold up. What's an appropriate amount of time that they're allowed to sit in the space before you take the line? No, no, get up and move. Like, just go down to the end. I'm with you. I just want to sit okay, down. Well, the worst part is when you're in Creve Core and there's only this much concrete oh, space that is around true, a fence line, and now you've got a everybody fence. lined up behind you. Because <laughs> there's a prison fence oh around they're lined up. Well, the last <laughs> game I was out there, literally, they were, li- they were lined up behind us 15 minutes before the game was over. I'm like, we are getting taken over. Like, they were standing there with their Breathing chairs. down your neck. With their chairs unfolded in the exact position of where they want to go, and I'm obviously standing in the way. And we still had at least 10, 12 minutes left of our game. And I was like, wow, this is getting, like, it's becoming a business. Yeah. <laughs> like, or extreme story, legit story, where one of my kids was playing at Creve Course. Maybe it's Creve Core. I don't know. I don't Sorry, Creve Core. Nice complex. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't, parents got in trouble, and it wasn't even the parents watching the game it was the team behind so a dad from the team that was coming into play next i think he knew people that run yeah. it, but he he got into it with the referees to the point where the referee dismissed the entire parent sidelines we're like thanks a lot you guys it's not even your game i hope you i hope you get dismissed from your sideline <laughs> but it's like you're not it's not even your game <laughs> wait what are you do are you playing music uh, maybe you guys keep talking he's grunchy he's grunchy so well so how True story, Holiday Classic, I think it was last year that Delaney played. The Veta one? Yeah. Okay. We a grandmother oh. started a physical altercation with a mom no. on our team. Oh. Who won? I, I was <laughs> and actually this is the first time I was like, damn it, why was I not closer to the action? Because I was trying to stay away from it. But and over I heard what? about it. Do you know? That, like what is a call? We, we, we won. Oh yeah. You know, it was a physical game and I think we won. That's a, that's a bad part. There you go. See? Screw that. Yeah. People suck. It's time. <laughs> time for the Grinch. I'm going to go get a refill. It's Christmas. Has it been an hour? Yes. No, it hasn't. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We're, I mean, we fly through this stuff. Now we burnt 20 minutes talking about nonsense. We dude. did. We did. <laughs> can, do I, can I get, ask her one more question? Yes, parting question absolutely. Before we go? Because I, you've said it before. And, and I think that coming how far you come, right? So your kids are nigh on young adults, right? You've seen yeah. it all from when they were three and either they sucked or they were amazing and then they go through changes. Word of advice to parents that might be starting with their awesome five-year-old right now and have stars in their eyes. Who? So the one thing I will say watching my kids is I don't parent my kids the way I thought I was going to parent my kids. And that is because circumstances change all the time. So my daughter was a runner when she was little. Right. She could run circles around anybody. She was fast. And then coming through puberty, she's stronger. She likes being in the backfield. 
there's things different. Logan looked like a baby giraffe half the time because he had size 12 feet when he was 10. So everything changes. And I think for, I think the only word of advice I can give parents is just enjoy your moments with where they are because your athlete at eight is not going to be your athlete at 10. And your athlete at 10 is not going to be your athlete at 15 or 16. And if you worry so much about getting them to the next level, getting them to the next club, getting them to the next whatever it is, you're missing out on the moments that your kids can really teach you what they need and how to parent them best. You said that before. I think and I, like and you, my, your kids teach you how to parent my them. My children have taught me so much as a parent that, you know, thank you, Logan and Delaney, because I feel like I'm a better human being for having them um, be the athletes that they are and know that sometimes things aren't don't have to be taken so seriously. But just enjoy the moments. Listen to your kids. They'll tell you what they need, yeah. but they're not going to be Olymp- not every kid's an Olympian and not every kid's going to love every sport you put them in. So just breathe. Yeah. Christy Jones Gamble, soccer player. Taken care of by Jeff Cacciatore, swimmer, sore loser. 100%. As long as it's my brother, do not like losing to my brother. And when the game's over, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Get your chair. The chairs are already unfolded waiting for you to move your ass along. They like, you just pick them up now and they, they're like a transformer. Go. Well, happy holidays, you two. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Enjoy the rest of it. Uh, Jen, I will see you again. See you in the new year. Yeah, in the new year. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Good luck on the college search. Thanks. And I appreciate the that. And freshman D, D, season. Good luck with Coach Gunn. Yeah, she's got <laughs> spring season right around the corner. Yeah. You excited? I am. I mean, it just means we've got one more stadium to sit in for a while, so I'll take it. <laughs> well, that's a lot closer than Webster, too. Uh, yeah. Very, Backyard. Very true. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Thank you, Mellow Mushroom, for hosting. We're going to roll out with a little Grinch. Not because we're negative, but because it's a good song. Yeah. Dr. Seuss rules. Bye, everybody. Catch you next time. All their windows were dark. No one knew he was there. All the who's were all dreaming sweet dreams without care. When he came to the...